Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 184 for May 22nd, 2019. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, is Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy Duresta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, who I am watching uh, both on YouTube and Instagram. Check this boy out. Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. What are you working on, Tim, would you say? Um, I, I was trying to think of something to say other than guitars. And Please I- and thank you. I just don't. I mean, that's just what that is the the shift in the direction of my business, and uh, you know, so I'm working on guitars. I have a video that I'm releasing Sunday that I'm super super excited about, and mm-hmm. it's uh, I think we talked about a little bit my acoustic guitar I made out of the the Holocore doors because Holocore doors are the new palette. That's um, what I heard. <laughs> I just gonna keep saying it until it's true. Um, I'm gonna try and prove it. You know, I've got some other some other stuff. I'm gonna hopefully I have some ideas, a lot of ideas and plans, which we'll actually get into in our our topic, I believe. But um, so I'm really excited about that video coming out uh, Sunday because I'm really excited about the build. And um, yeah, so I've been prepping some wood for some future guitars, and I got a couple really kind of silly ideas and client build I'm still working on. You know, kind of just doing doing my thing. How about you, Phil? I've been on the road a lot, and uh, <clears throat> for working, I'm I'm gonna be on the road again. Uh, tomorrow actually and then I'll be in San Francisco the first week of June so a lot of stuff to see there and Mm. uh, I've actually been thinking about maybe doing a small YouTube series I was like I've been itching to sort of get back in the shop and maybe do some more YouTube stuff and uh, I was thinking about doing a build out of my electronics bench so a series of kind of like Things that anybody could watch. It really is not electronics based at all. It's just let's say shelving, or maybe I'll do some, uh, um, you know, some French cleats, all kinds of stuff like that. You know, kind of just setting up a workbench basically, regardless of what is going to be or what the tool set is. But you know, everybody loves those, and and I want to bring in some woodworking into it. So I want to do one small wall of pallet wood, and then I want to build out some. Uh, like a shelf, almost like a like a monitor stand, except it, it'll I'll have a multimeter on it and a bunch of tools. But I wanted to make it like in traditional uh, woodworking uh, joinery, you know, like a mortise and tenon with a through tenon, and maybe even uh, a wedged with a you know an alternating color or whatever. Just thought it'd be cool to bring the two worlds that are of interest to me together in one place. Mm. I thought that would be fun. Are you thinking? Are you thinking like real, like traditional, like no screws, like all joints and glue for the whole thing? Obviously, if you yeah. hang on the wall, you're gonna probably need a screw. But no, this would this would sit on top of the desk. <clears throat> so yeah, basically, yeah. it's it's a board. It would look like an H. Yeah. Right so on. it's a basically two tenons, one, one on each <laughs> end. 
I have it at the desk that I am sitting at now. This yeah. was my my computer workstation for when I was recording music, and yeah. so it's it's actually it's like long before I bought this desk long before I was making stuff, and it's one of those crappy. Uh, it's like a particle board desk that has like the the faux veneer on it, you know, and it's yeah. got all these tiers for like it was a pretty good setup like for inexpensive right out of a box store i put speakers on it and then i had all my outboard gear like my little you know units that you plug microphones into compressors and you know preamps and stuff and i didn't i don't have a rack for them they make you know you know what a rack console is mm-hmm. you know there's standard spacing these things screw into them so I'll, most of my stuff is half rack size and so i just took two pieces of wood <laughs> it's broken down now to just one piece of wood but i just taken two pieces of wood and and uh and just just screwed them into the sides of the wood, and I had just made my rack. So the the actual units were what held the rack together. There was no cross support. Oh, well, gotcha. great. So it's the exact opposite of what you're talking about doing. Is my point? Right. I did as, <laughs> I did as little effort as possible. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I bought a cheap desk and I took two pieces of wood and screwed them together. <laughs> well, I I started it by basically making a desk, but I I uh, did some. I you know I, I think I talked about it. And it was in one of my videos, I think the last one where I did the, the watch battery. But I, I made a desk out of some scrap plywood, uh, some reclaimed mahogany, and because and, it was floating, but it still needed one leg as a support. Uh, and I used an old, uh, an old stair banister post or whatever thing and kind of yep. turned it upside down and turned that into a leg. So it's mostly reclaimed, and, uh, and it was pretty cool. So I kind of want to keep that theme up. Uh, every all the wood that I'd be using would be reclaimed anyway, so sure. fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, fun. cool, fun stuff. Excellent. That is what I'm working on uh, so this you, week's. Yeah, go ahead. I just I, I want to ask you. You were talking about making a some kind of uh, I forget what you said it was going to do. It was like a like a voltage regulator or something. Oh, the the shelf where the multimeter would sit. No, last week you were talking about oh. this electrical project you wanted to make of yes. like a voltmeter. It, it's a it's a lab bench power supply. That's what it was. Power supply. Yeah. Did you make that yet? No, you've been traveling. No, I no, I'll definitely do that as a video. And because I, I feel like that, yeah, I feel like that would be interesting. Because like right now, what do you have? You have a bunch of store bought electronics working tools. For the most yes. part, yes, yeah. You, you haven't actually started this, making anything. Like you haven't started making your own tools yet. Nope. Because I think that would be really interesting. Like, I know it's a lot of work because, you know, you have a bazillion other things that you're doing. But, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I, I, that's the kind of stuff that when I, you know, find interesting in, you know, like uh, the $50 wood shop. You know what I mean? Like, when Izzy yeah. did that. And I'm just seeing someone start from nothing yeah. and build it up. And that's, I mean, I just think it would be interesting for you to just, like, put wide, you know, show where the furnace is. Show, like, this is this little cruddy corner in my basement. And I'm gonna st- yeah. I'm gonna start here, and I'm gonna do all of this, and I'm gonna build the tools, and I'm gonna tell you where I bought these tools, and really do like the fifty dollar woodshop thing. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I well, you sold me because that, as you know, is one of my favorite Izzy things of all time. Was the fifty dollar woodshop? Yeah, call the fifty dollar like electronics shop, and just let him sue you. Just yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. You know what? If you have a problem with it, Izzy, you email me, yeah. counsel. <laughs> timsway.net okay. if you have a problem with it phil pinsky said he'll kick your butt outside any tji fridays you want to meet him behind that's right <laughs> you can at totally nintendo take him. You, yeah at nintendo <laughs> you can totally take him oh uh, you take him for dinner yeah <laughs> and treat him kindly that's right hello sir <laughs> <laughs> he shows up with an army of giant wooden robots <laughs> 
Yeah, and that would be the scariest part. Yeah. Okay. So, this week's topic is uh, reclamation innovation. We basically yes. wanted to talk about, um, I guess, you know, sort of woodworking is not one of these things that uh, that you ne- usually see a ton of innovation in, and, and neither is reclaiming. However... I think Tim and I will both make the case that there has been significant amounts of innovation in the field of reclaiming. Well, I, I think I want to back up. I think there is a ton of innovation in the woodworking world. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, what do you, why would you say that there isn't? Because a saw cuts and a chisel carves and you know what I mean? Like, yes, you can talk about things like the, like the domino fine, but I mean like that's what, well, the CNC and the laser, I mean, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That is a good yeah. point. Well, conversation still, over. Well, okay, but you know what? But some people would say, well, that's not woodworking. So, <laughs> <laughs> I actually am not one of those people, although oh, I, I will not call it, I wouldn't call it traditional woodworking. No, it's, um, my friend over at uh, uh, Bill, He uh, he's the guy that makes those shelter, Shelter 2.0, Bill Young, and uh, okay. he calls it. He what he does is uh, he's a he works for um, Shopbot. Okay. It's like his you know, and so he's pretty into that stuff. And so he, he calls what he makes the woodworking he does. He calls it tradigital. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, I, I was. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> well, I did. Says my copyright I, attorney. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> take that, friend. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I like that. But uh, but the reason I, but the reason I was disagreeing with you on that wasn't about the innovation in the tools. It was about the innovation in design, because um, that's the mm. second half of the the two sided sword that we're going to talk about with innovation. Is it's not just the innovation in the machinery and the materials, but it's also innovation in design, and just the advent of the river table alone. <laughs> well, it might be overdone. Is innovation because that wasn't something that people did fifty years ago. Right, but I guess that comes back to the material and the um, and the the material and the tooling that allows you to do something like that. So as we which develop, is, right, which is innovative, or, or, yeah. yeah. Well, we're taking something from outside the realm of woodworking, like resins and thermoplastics and that kind of stuff, and then we're introducing it to woodworking. Is certainly an innovation, but right. it, that design wouldn't be possible without those. Materials and those materials are—they've been around for a while. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, for sure. So there's, a, I think, you know, I do think that the the YouTube like sort of maker movement helps really because everybody wants to one up each other. You know, they want to like not literally like I want to one up you, but like there's like there's this sort of rush to just be do something more innovative and more creative than the other videos that are out there. I think that draws a lot of it. People are really I- willing to take chances. Well, there's that, and then there's like, so we've talked a lot in the past about how um, when you make something, it's very iterative, right? You'll like make like, I don't know, five prototypes of a product before you feel comfortable and secure that this is, this is, I'm ready to introduce this. Right. What you what YouTube allows us to do is almost to crowdsource iterations, right? So you see what, sure. okay, I saw what Tim did, okay, I'm going to add a spoiler to it. And then, you know, uh, I don't know, Izzy sees what Phil did and he's like, okay, well, now I'm going to add spinning mags to it. You know, so you kind of, there is that, that uh, cooperative iteration of product that comes out. And so somebody does a river table and someone does an inverse river table and then someone does a river table with a waterfall feature and then, you know, all kinds of things like that. Like, 
Um, even even the idea of using resin as not fill, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many people thought of that originally. You know, like that West Systems epoxy was used to fill in all the voids in in slabs or in reclaimed wood, you know, and to, um, what's it called when you secure something that's going to rot or whatever? You're almost like petrifying it or whatever the case, stabilizing it. So stabilizing. stabilize it. Yeah. yeah, so when you stabilize like rotten wood or whatever it is, I feel like that is innovative. You know, a couple of years ago, people weren't even doing that. And that brings us back to reclamation innovation right there, because maybe what 20 years ago was just considered waste. Now we found ways to save right. by stabilizing it and by encasing it in resin and, and all that stuff, which is, I don't know where I learned that, but I, that was what, like the very first dining table I ever made, I had poured a bottle of epoxy over. You know, well, it was two bottles mixed together before I poured it over. But, right. <laughs> but uh, you know, and that was, and I thought I was like the bee's knees for doing that. Like, I thought that was like, I was like, oh, I just revolutionized. And of course, everybody else is already doing it, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I got the idea. I think I might have been at a bar that had like all the pennies on it, you know? Yes. Like one of those. Yeah, like, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, I bet you that would just level out all these holes. And I thought I just invented something, but, you know, of course I didn't. Um, right. But yeah, but that's an innovation. That's a product that, that changed the game, you know. For yeah, you working. know, when we were talking about this topic, I didn't even think about that. But you're right, resin, and especially the, you know, the the one that everyone's using in in the gallon formats to be able to do stuff. Like the cost has come way down on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Is is a game changer as far as woodworking because there's things you can embed in the wood, and you know, you you you're right that you can turn. What what would have been a throwaway piece into a real feature? Um, like yeah, it, it would have been impossible to use something like that. Uh, but now with resin, you could use anything really. Yeah, because it's like I mean, the the scars become the character, and the resin becomes the form because it, it cures and it's hard, and so it doesn't. I mean, the wood could be just all punk. You know, yeah, you could, like literally sawdust and just you know with the resin. I mean, which is basically how they make IKEA furniture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but ah, uh, uh, full circle. Yeah. But I've done yeah. that before. I've taken really punky wood, and uh, and I think I just gave it a lot of coats of polyurethane, which I guess would get, have the same effects. And it sure. hardened the stuff, and uh, and it came out really cool because it was it was like it was almost emerald green. The wood was so rotted away. I mean, it was one of my first uh, rolling trays, and and the wood was like this weird light brown and dark green. And there were parts of it that were soft. And I guess I didn't really notice that until I'd finished carving it out. Um, but it was, like, soft and punky or whatever. So I was like, eh, that seems fine. And so I coated it in, like, three or four coats of oil-based polyurethane. By the time I was done, it was rock hard. But it was really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... So, I, th- I mean, that's one of the things that attracts me to reclaim woodworking is that sometimes those battle scars and those flaws are what make it beautiful. You know? For sure. Yeah. So there's there's that so there's there's that aspect of it. I was thinking also when we were talking about this topic that there is um some of the more mundane stuff that we almost take for granted that allows us to to really step into the world of reclaimed um woodworking and that is something as simple as those metal detectors, right? That we pass over uh the piece of wood to make sure that we can clean it out and machine it correctly. Right? I think it'd be a lot riskier to to pass these things through our jointers and planers and table saws if we weren't more secure in the fact that it was free of nails and metal. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, again, that technology has been around forever, but it used to be a real pain in the neck to get a metal detector. And they're like, they didn't make like the handheld wands until, you know, TSA started using them. And then they started becoming available to us, you know. Right. Yeah. A lot of that's like the same as the resin. I mean, people, you know, boat builders have been using those, those resins for 50, 75 years or whatever that they've been coating these boats in these two part epoxies and stuff. But sure. it's just like it wasn't, it was expensive and it wasn't readily available. And it's the companies that are packaging this stuff and making it, like a consumable that we can get our hands on is is part of the innovation, right? Is someone saying like, hey, you know what? I bet you that these idiots would like to buy that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> we would. Yeah, we would, you know. Thank you, so, sir. Uh, and that's, you know, what? interestingly enough, because I know you like to make fun of me for saying that 13th note thing, but that's kind of the idea of the 13th note is like finding finding that thing that doesn't belong and putting it somewhere else and then it opens up this whole new world of possibilities. You know? Right. New applications for existing tech. Exactly. So which brings me to hollow core doors. <laughs> hey. <laughs> right, because I've been saying that, and that was part of what got us on this topic, was like, you know, I'm like, you know, pallets 10 years ago. It was very innovative and exciting to see people making stuff out of pallets um, because that was throwaway wood. And then there are, of course, people that would be like, oh, I've always made stuff out of pallets, but it wasn't necessarily mainstream. And the internet helped make it mainstream, a few viral videos. Next thing you know... Everybody's wanting upping, like you're saying, that whole crowdsourced iteration thing. And now people are making amazing and beautiful things out of pallets. Um, and now pallets have a value. And, and people are like actually like respecting pallets, I think, a little more. Maybe not the average person, but at least in our world. Um, yeah. There's, there's seeing the potential in them. So, you know, that's great. We're saving some pallets from, you know, going to the landfill or the bonfire. You know, and we're making product out of them, which in essence would potentially save other trees, which really doesn't. But it's, you know, it's still, it's this product that's there that we're, we're using. And one of my biggest pet peeves for the longest time has been these hollow core doors because they're like the first thing to get thrown away. And, you know, I had someone that listens to this podcast. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name right now. I could probably pull it up. It's a local guy, listens mm-hmm. to our podcast, and he's in the trades. And uh, he contacted me after he heard last week's podcast. We were talking about these things. He's like, hey, I got 40 of them if you want them. Whoa. 40 holocore doors because he's doing a job. And he's like, he doesn't want to throw them away. But that's like wow. the job requires it, you know, because he's doing, you know, construction on a larger building. And that's that's the kind of that's the kind of waste there is with these doors. So that's why I'm putting my attention towards them and trying to find. I like to do the extremes, you know, like make like kind of crazy things out of them. But uh that's kind of that's kind of my goal for the rest of the year. Uh, is, Could you is use stuff. forty doors? I don't know if I'll take all of them. I told him that I have. I just picked up like seven of them the other day. Um, there's another guy that supposedly has ten of them. That's a little more local, um, but I haven't heard back from him yet. Um, so I might, yeah, I might grab half of them. He said he was going to use some for workbenches and stuff in his shop, you know, or shelving or something, you know, which they make great shelves. I, all my shelves in my storage unit are doors. They're not hollow doors. They're solid wood doors, but they were, yeah. someone was throwing them away. They don't have to be though. Like huh. I don't have lumber racks. I have doors stacked up on top of other doors with fence post legs in between them. A couple screws. I love it. You know, I love it. There's, I, I didn't even take the doorknobs off. So every once in a while I hit a doorknob or a hinge. <laughs> That's too funny. The hinges are good to keep though. Those are, Oh yeah. I, buck, I just useful. gave it. I mailed a couple away to uh, uh, the salty maker. I remember his name. He, I just mailed him a couple because he needed two, so it was cheaper to mail them than it was for him to buy them. They're solid brass, you know. That's hysterical. Yeah. I was actually thinking about making a sheet metal bender out of some uh, sturdy uh, hinges and some just some plywood to be able to just bend some sheet metal because I want to take an old, um, well, old electronics that come encased in these 
like I have an old Cisco switch. It's like mm-hmm. it's a it's a T10, like it's ridiculous, like you'd never use it now. But it's got a lot of sheet metal on it. I was thinking about making a smaller enclosure out of it, but I'd need to bend it. Yeah. yeah. So so those 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 heavy duty door hinges would be good for for a sheet metal bender. Oh yeah, I, they would. Is what I was thinking. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking that. I was thinking that. I used uh, one of those hinges on the first electric upright base I ever made like 20 years ago, and that was my string retainer because uh, there's huh. four holes for four screws and there's four strings, and so I had that hinge just screwed in the bottom of the instrument, just left yeah. it as a hinge, and the strings went through the holes and then up over the bridge. And That's clever. Yeah. It was cool looking. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, how? So now that you have your ability to talk about these hollow core doors, what are the things that we can make out of hollow core doors? Because the truth about pallets is that they're they're solid wood, and you could just cut them up and then reuse them for whatever you want. But my understanding of solid core doors is that they are they're hollow. Mm-hmm. They've got a skeleton inside, and then they're they're sort of sheathed with much thinner material. They're yeah, they're eighth inch plywood, and obviously there are some are better than others. Um, so I, I, in my experience with hollow core doors, some of them have been really nice plywood and others have been like kind of like eh, you know just plywood like but luan. yeah yeah like that kind of birch luan the sort of like hairy almost like flaky yeah. and i've i've had some of them have had that sort of string in it yep um but for the most part it's it's you know eighth inch plywood so the way they're assembled is that there's a light pine uh trim um you know on the sides top and bottom because it's if you have to plane it or cut it to fit you need some material there so it's usually about an inch and a half or two inches thick of this Solid pine, you know, and then a little thicker where the doorknob would go. But uh, so the easiest way to take them apart is if you just cut those four edges off, um, or even two edges, honestly. I mean, you could, you know, just the two long edges, even or whatever. Inside is all just cardboard, um, just strips of cardboard, the thickness of the door that are standing upright. So the corrugation is, you know, up and down. Well, yeah, I mean, up and down between the two panels if the door's laying flat on your bench. Um, and it's in glue, and that's it. And so you can literally just pull those things apart like He-Man. They just peel it apart, and you end up with, you know, like a 30-inch by, you know, 70-inch sheet of plywood. within Of eighth-inch. Of eighth-inch plywood within minutes. So now right. what can you what can you do with that? You can do with that anything you can do with eighth-inch plywood, right? Which is not, you know, any, not a lot. I mean, it's great for CNC work or for laser work and for making templates and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's good for... You know, all that sort of stuff. But what, you know, the video that I'm releasing on Sunday is I made a guitar out of it. And so what I did is, there's finish on the outside of the door. So you did have to sand it all for the glue to work. Although if you used epoxy, you wouldn't. But I, I just created laminates. I just, I laminated the stuff together in the blocks, in essence. And okay. uh, and then and then created the shapes from there. So, you know, I made this entire guitar out of it. The neck is all laminates. Um, which looks really cool, too. And, I, you know, doing the shapes in it and stuff. Um, I curved the sides and i was able to make um what they call it, wacky wood you know like so you can do um like instead of steam bending i yeah i i use my laser to curve it because i because i have one but you could do it on the table so oh, if you set your if you set yes, your blade yes. out and set up a sled and just barely had your blade out you could curve it and uh and then you can make circles and stuff out of it so now you're not stuck with it's not just flat and horizontal planes you can make you know circles with a veneered edge just like steam bending but with like way less hassle you know no oh, yeah for sure so, so you know you can use it as skins and you can make round shapes and, and and fun shapes and that's some of the stuff i want to experiment with it too is making curved furniture because you know i mean you can do that with pallets but to cut curves out of pallets you got to glue a lot of pallets together 
and you can't, you know, to steam bend it, you gotta, you know, slice it super thin, which doesn't hold up, and so it's a different look, but it has that, mm. it has a clean, even, if you put the outside of the door out, you got clean, even finishes, you can sand the finish off and finish in any color you want, um, get that very mid-century modern sort of look out of the stuff, which is one of the things I was thinking about doing, was doing a mid-century modern table, like, all out of it, because it already looks like that, it's kind of from that era, you know? Please no more mid-century modern. I know. <laughs> I was gonna do my take on it, I guess, but... I can't, like... My mid-century I'm, river table. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm in the business, right? So I'm in the furniture business. I work for a home decor manufacturer in Montreal, and I go to all the trade shows. You know, I've got one starting on Saturday, or actually Friday. And uh, so I have been seeing mid-century modern for like five years now, and I'm like itching for the next trend. I mm. feel like it's going to be Art Deco. I would love for it to be Art Deco. Um yeah, so let's 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 start vacating the mid-century modern space. Like enough is enough. Yeah, and yeah. I think Art Deco would work well for your round shapes. It's yeah, a, it's a really fun look. Yeah, I like I like Art Deco, but um, not the '80s whitewash stuff. The original '30s. Oh no, stuff. God no! The '30s stuff. Yeah, the yeah. the um the whole WPA era stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. Okay, Very good. And and rind looking. <laughs> you're joking but obviously you're right because that story is from the 30s well that's what is it, the atlas oh, no, shrugged the atlas shrugged uh, cover looked like a wpa art piece yeah you know that was yeah you're right you're right that's funny um yeah so what else is i mean you brought up briefly cnc and laser obviously those are game changers not for reclaimed uh, specifically, but certainly the application is there. Um, anything? Well, yeah, I feel like it gives it opens up the possibilities to to bring reclaim to a, a higher level of finish too, and, and finesse. You know, mm -hmm. higher mm. levels of finish and finesse. I hear you. Well, I mean, uh, I think they allow us to have higher levels of finish and finesse for any Everything. material, but um, but being able to do things like putting cardboard in there, making your own business cards. And I think just the tech allows us to do more with the material. I think um, a lot of reclaimed is making smaller things out of bigger things. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. ultimately what it is. You take a desk and you turn it into a box. You take a box and you turn it into a business card holder because you, it's all subtractive manufacturing. You have to remove material yeah. to make the thing that you're making. Unless you're working with, like, pixels, like, where you have, like, oh, I have a million broken pencils, and then you take smaller things to make them into a bigger thing. But that's the less common side of it. Right. Well, that's additive, yeah. right? So you'd be adding yeah. resins to be able to do that. Yeah. Another additive manufacturing uh, technology is, is 3D printing. Um, and I feel like I've seen someone being able to u reuse PLA plastic to be able to do that. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I can't speak on that. I don't know nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool if you could just sort of take an old Coke bottle and shear it into filament, and then off you go. But I don't know well, if that's I, out there. I know that the Dave Hakens, who, the precious plastic guy, he had a machine that would, like he was the guy taking HDPE primarily and chopping it up and making, you know, he, he would show people how to make these machines to process it and start their own factories, so to speak. And one of the machines that he did create was something that created, extruded the, the HDP. He had a, he basically, yeah, he had a, he made filament out of it. Like a, it was like a spaghetti maker almost. It was pretty interesting. Okay. So what it's possible. It's, it's a ton of work. 
Yeah. Um, but he was able to make HDPE filament. Yeah. Crazy. But so I don't know if any 3D printers are extruding with HDPE. I could be wrong, but... It might not have been HDPE. I thought it was. It was a while ago I saw it, and I don't know the lingo. I'm just trying to avoid plastic in my life right. as much as possible. But. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you, yeah. definitely. Although, interesting, they, uh, they are talking about uh, organic... Uh, uh, what's it called again? <laughs> Organisms that can yeah. break down plastic. And so oh, that, microorganisms, yeah, yeah. So microorganisms are going to be basically eating up all the all the plastic that's in the ocean. Um, I don't know what the side effect of that is. Maybe more well, the, these algae blooms that are dangerous, but at least we'll get the rid of The side effect is, is they, they grow huge, and then they come up on land and start eating people. That's the, I, This is how Godzilla happens. I knew it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, the movie's been made already. Da-da-da-da. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so interesting. I mean, definitely plastics is a big problem, and so is uh, the carbon in the air. And we're learning about... Uh, sequest- sequestration, uh, which mm. is just taking the carbon out of the air and putting it in something in the earth. I think they said, no problem. The solution to all the carbon in the air is to just plant a trillion trees. Yeah, yeah. So uh, easy I, mean, I guess the ocean sucks a lot of it up too, but maybe those microorganisms can help out with that. Maybe we could have one microorganism that that ingests plastic and then poops out oxygen, which forces the carbon back into the ocean. I don't know. Something like that. Well, That's 70 per, 70% of the oxygen on Earth comes from algae in the ocean. Yeah, the ocean. Yeah, not the trees. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I saw some documentary about all this stuff, too, and I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> you think like, trees are so important, but all yeah. the trees on Earth only contribute to 30% of the oxygen. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. But yeah. they do sequester even... all that carbon, so. Yeah, and we know so little about the ocean, but it, like... We like, totally can't live without it. You know? Yes, don't yeah. do that, especially if you yeah. like fish. Um, yeah, Thanks for all the fish. <laughs> Thanks, Hitchh- Ocean, for the fish. It's that was a Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Come on. I mean, I've seen it. I, did, I actually didn't was... even read that book, but I saw the movie. It was entertaining, I suppose. Yeah. That was the, the Dolphins. Thanks for all the fish. It was like their line. No, 42. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So CNC, a big one that's becoming way more accessible, obviously. Mm. And again, I think, uh, you know, in our quest to turn big things into smaller things when it comes to reclaiming, CNC is a great way to do that because you, you, like, know what you it, can use all these shapes that you couldn't possibly do before, yada, yada. It, what, what attracted me to that technology initially because, you know, people that, that have been watching my stuff for a while or know who I am know that I was kind of like, I used to be like almost like anti CNC. Like I was not a fan. I had no interest in it. And, uh, but what I got me interested in it was, you know, I wanted to teach my son. I wanted to keep him current while I was teaching him stuff. But then I, I started realizing how uh, much it would, min- it could minimize waste by like nesting and, and all this, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And, uh, the, there's some things about the CNC that bother me as far as waste goes. It's like how you have to, you got to hold it down on the machine. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so that, that means there's either a spot where you got to put a screw or a tab or a hook or something, or you have to do the, you know, like some kind of two-sided tape, which is kind of wasteful, or you do the, the super glue, which is what I prefer, super glue and, um, and masking tape trick where you use, yeah. you know, two, two layers of masking tape and super glue, but then that's all the masking tape and super glue you're throwing away, which always kind of bugs me. So those are like the things that bother me about the CNC, and that's why I got super excited about the laser. Because the laser doesn't have any of those issues. The laser, mm-hmm. you can put in a 10-inch by 10-inch piece of something in the laser, and you can cut every 
possible inch out of that. There's no clips anywhere. It's not going to blow away. It's, uh, that is true. It's, it's really, but I mean, you can't cut, you know, three inch piece of wood. You can't carve a dolphin out of that, you know. But uh, well, you could do it in segments, right? So you could yeah, use thin slices. layers and glue, yeah, slices and then glue them. Well, up. That, that's like how I built the guitar out of the doors. But then there's like a ton of waste in my guitars because of the shapes, the way they just didn't nest well, you know. Okay. So there's like a whole ton, and I show it in the video. Uh, but there's all that material. I, I mean, I could cut it up in smaller pieces and, and save it and use it for, for other things. But what honestly, it'll probably end up being is kindling because there's no shortage of hollow core doors to cut up. Right. You know? I mean, there's a little it, finish on it, which makes it not great kindling, but, you know. It'll burn up pretty quick. Yeah, it's exactly. It's just kindling. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there'd be more to talk about on this topic. Well, I think there is. I just don't think we've talked about it yet. I had a whole bunch of ideas before we started. <laughs> Well, I'm all ears. I'm well, all ears. I wanted ears. to. What, what I was hoping to do is that we could actually come up with some some new innovations too. Like I'm on the Holocore door kick. What other things are getting thrown away that we could throw out to our listeners and to ourselves to challenge us to find some innovative ways to use these things? Or what are some other products that are already out there that we could mm-hmm. bring into our reclaimed woodworking world? Well, the things that I see thrown out a lot are. Um, you know, drawer slides because they're still attached to drawers, even though I would never take the material that those slides are attached to because it's going to be like a melamine or I don't know, some other crappy chipboard. I would take, I would take the drawer slides because who doesn't need drawer slides, right? There's all kinds of things you can do with them. They've got Mm. bearings on them. They've got, uh, I don't know, just good parts, especially if you're going to use them as drawer slides, you know, or linear guides or all that stuff. Uh, Door hardware or cabinet hardware, uh, you know, we we talked about the bed frames a whole bunch of times uh, f- as metal for you mm. know metal related projects. But now the but a lot of those handles, I mean the the slides are great idea. A lot of those handles, one of the reasons they're getting tossed is that they're usually ugly or outdated. So I mean, do you think you could you can update them, or do you th- are they just going to be everything relegated to shop drawer handles? Uh, no, you definitely could. I mean, a, yeah. a, a round knob, right, could just be painted a different color or. You know, whatever the case may be. And the truth is, is if anybody has a lathe, they could simply put that little thing on the lathe and then reshape it if they wanted to. I mean, that seems like no. a, an insane amount of effort to me, but I would just yeah. paint it a different color. Hmm. You just know, pop, you, in your, pop it in your laser and carve a little animal in it or something or a little initial. You know, that's, you know, there's something. the tech coming back in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. There's something there. But yeah, I mean, like the things that were sort of uh, that are still reusable. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say, I mean, because I see it all the time. Like where I, my drive into my shop, I I drive through a bunch of you know neighborhoods and and there I drive through neighborhoods of different um, income levels. You know, on my way, mm-hmm. there's a couple different sort of income levels. Um, and all of them, I see particle board furniture on the on the street. Like everybody has, it doesn't matter, you know, like it's just, it's a problem in like every socioeconomic yes, place. People are sure. buying this, this garbage, they're getting this garbage and they're throwing it away. How do we, how do we do something with that? That's like, I feel like that's the, the, if we could crack that code, well, the only downside of cracking that code is then they'll keep making that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I've used stuff like that before. Like I made molds in the shop and everything, but all I could ever find to use that stuff for is like shop fixtures, you know? Yeah, I mean it's it's awful. It's it's yeah. it's just chips of wood and glue, and you know uh, screws don't work well with it. 
Um, you know, you can't really do joinery with it. It's it's just crap, unfortunately. What about yeah? What about if our? I mean, we can go back to our epoxy, the the save all be all. I think we could make it trendy and hip to like cut up that stuff and and make a river table, like cut a river shape in the middle of it, and then color all. The, people will be like, oh, it's just all garbage. It's still garbage furniture, even if you make it. Yeah, even like if you durable. pour it three hundred dollars worth of resin into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still only worth ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Give it a shot. Let me know how that works out. Well, no, I, I haven't had any ideas that have been worth pursuing yet. That's why I was kind of throwing that out. Kind of not not like I'm just putting it all on your shoulders, but, you know, listeners. It feels that way, Tim. <laughs> I feel like I'm carrying this like Atlas, and I'm about to shrug. Oh, no, don't shrug. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've we all see this chipboard stuff on the side of the road and melamine cupboards. And you're right, apart from shop furniture, what the hell are you going to do with this stuff? I don't see it as a practical new, you know, uh, resource pool for what it is that we want to do. I mean, I love seeing no. solid wood material, solid wood furniture on the side of the road. That goes right into my trunk, and then that gets disassembled and turned into, you know, just stock that I'm going to use to make other projects. Like uh, I've talked about this desk that I'm still, I'm still using. Um, pallets, I'm not super keen on. We have talked about using furniture. Uh, as a reclaimed resource, solid wood furniture, and even if you had to pay a couple of bucks to the thrift store to get it, that just seems like great material to me, and I would much rather work with that than pallets uh, any day. Uh, pallets are great for the look, you know, that you're going to get, um, but they're not particularly well made, you know, and and the and the wood that's on there isn't the best wood. Um, so I'd much rather work with furniture grade wood to begin with. And, uh, and that's my preference. And I think more people doing that, feeling less guilty about cutting up old furniture is probably a great thing to, to see happening. Yeah, because, you know, furniture is going to continue to be made. Like, obviously, the greenest thing to do is to go to that store and, like, buy used furniture and use it, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but there's a lot of reasons why we don't want to. And uh, the main one being look, you know. So if you have a, yeah, if you have some table that has this, like, weird, like, 80s shape to it that you don't like and just take a skill saw to it and shape it different <laughs> like, I, I have no problem with doing that like you know me neither I mean yeah. and also like if I make if I make jewelry boxes for a living I mean a tabletop from an old oak desk or an oak table I mean that's a lot of raw material and yeah. uh, and it's great stuff literally it's great stuff and yeah. I'd much rather do that than I don't know see it in the landfill or and know, it's like, not it's not even that much more work than going to the lumber yard cuz I mean think about it if you're going to the if you're going to buy wood for a job there's you have a couple options one is to go to like the box store right you can buy really? some wood and they they have some inferior wood and they have sometimes some box stores will have some half, halfway decent maple or oak or something you can buy and it's, it's a fortune though it's pretty expensive. The other option is you go to like the woodcraft type stores and that's really expensive there. You can get all the kind of wood you can imagine in the world, but it's super, super expensive. It's all S4S and it's all pretty and it's all ready to go. It's here's your board, cut it in the four equal sides, glue it together. You got a box. Um, then the other option though, that most woodworkers would do that are trying to do it for a living is they're going to go to the lumber yard where they're going to be buying the stuff that's, you know, basically, roughs on yeah and and so now there's all this processing that needs to be done and this and that and the other thing and it's still spending a lot of money now with the, with furniture 
if you cut it into a size that fits through your planer, it's like one pass through the planer to get rid of that that finish that's on it. And it's already, it's already, everything's there. It's already done. It's level. It's true. It's square. It's it costs less, and it's and it's further down the ref, the refine process, the refining process. You can even get away with with uh, just sanding the finish off. You don't even need a planer yeah. if you're still getting started with this stuff. Oh, you absolutely. Just, yeah, it doesn't take long. No, you start with 80 grit on a random orbit sander. It'll take the finish off pretty darn quick. Yep. And you know, and then you work up the grits 120, 220, and you're done. Yeah. Yep. So that that is true. I mean, I remember remember we had um, we had Spags on the show. Um, Who? Who? Marcus Spagnolius. He was on the show maybe last year, I guess. And I think it was longer uh, than that, but yeah. Was it? Yeah. Anyways, I think it might have been like know. three years ago. <laughs> three years ago. Well, oh, you, you guys that. are best friends. I know, but I'm not good with dates. Um, and we are best friends. We should reiterate that part. Uh, but he he talked about the fact that he doesn't really use reclaimed because um, woodworking is such a subtractive uh, process. So he needs to start with something like, you know, eight quarter to get down to three, uh, to, to get down to three quarter inch material because you've got to remove and dimension and make true and all that stuff. The thing with reclaimed is that it's already down to your final thickness. You're just sort of like you were talking about doing like a skip pass on your planer to just clean up the top. And mm. so as long as you're okay with the thickness of the material in its finished state, then reclaimed is for you. It's great. It's almost a shortcut in some cases to getting great product out of there. Um, and that's why I like it also is because a lot of the milling work is already done. I think you said it also. Like you're already down the final stages of yeah. the prep work yeah. when it comes to this stuff. Which so, I mean, if you want to talk about the next big thing uh, to be reclaiming for me, it's solid wood furniture. Yeah, yeah. That's I my mean, while while it's still available too, and and keeping it out of the landfill because some people don't know the difference. They just they simply don't know whether it's a, a piece of paper full of sawdust. Yeah, or it's solid wood, like because you know the the paper full of solid can look very convincing, like to people that don't know. Yeah, They're, I agree. You know, I mean, we we know, of course, but like there are, you know, some twenty year old kid buying furniture for the first time, they don't know. Like they, you know, they. The, the buying is one thing; it's the throwing mm-hmm. it out that's heartbreaking for me. To for me to yes. see a, a solid that's my, piece that's of my wood point. in the garbage is like, ouch! You're hurting my soul right now. But that's the point is that it, it, they throw it away just as easily as they buy it sometimes. Yeah. Because if, if they're buying it at a thrift store, they don't know if they're necessarily buying, you know, the the, the good stuff. So when they're done with it or they decide they don't want it, it ends up in the dumps like outside college dorm day. Like, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yes. All this stuff ends up out there. And uh, and that's that's a whole horrible subject of itself. Like the, the stuff going in and out of colleges all across the country this time of year. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's, you know up to us to be diligent and, and uh, preach the gospel here here yeah and I and I agree with Spags on the like because I did just buy a bunch of like rough sawn live edge stuff um, and yeah it's really nice to be able to start there and, right uh, and get and get what you want out of a nice piece of hardwood but yeah there's a ton of waste and it drives me nuts um, I mean for me I burn it but still I don't want to burn it I just paid like nine bucks a board foot for this stuff I don't want to go into the fire you know <laughs> <laughs> for sure, but that's the scrap. That's the scraps that you're burning. What about all yeah. the, you know, all the sawdust that went into your, uh, you know, into your dust chute? Oh yeah, that's a that's also very. Um, I remember when I first started my Etsy business, that was actually, 
I said something. I said something about that on the my description of my channel or my uh, my store was something like, like I, I I try to respect the wood and not just turn it to sawdust. Like because I was, you know, very into that rustic look then and keeping everything. I was like, well, why right. why turn it into sawdust? We'll just keep using it. You know, uh, I don't. I said it better than that. I don't remember what I said. But I don't know. That sounded pretty good. Yeah. But now nowadays I'm much more into refining it. Uh, yes. So, you know, and getting a more refined look, and I'm much more willing to make sawdust. I, I found that to be the case, too. I also, when I first started, felt bad about having, you know, scraps or leftover or uh, thicknessing too much or, you know, all that stuff. Like, um, I was more okay with the rustic look back, I don't know, maybe I guess it was maybe five years ago already. Uh, I don't want that now. Now I really do want a much more refined piece. I really want uh, almost, I don't want to, it's weird to say, but I want perfection. I want the piece to be perfect. I don't want to have to uh, lean on the crutch of rustic to see when well, you know yeah, when, when miters exactly. don't match and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. how come this isn't straight? Oh, that's because it's rustic. It's meant to be like that. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's like that skit from uh, Portlandia. You know what I mean? It's just an <laughs> awful woodworker, but yeah. kind of lean yeah. on the rusticness of it as a well, as a shield. That- and that's that's I mean it makes sense that the journey of a woodworker right you, you start out you know that's well it's rustic and it's your skill sets there and your material is there and then as you get better you you know you want to go further with it, it makes sense you evolve. I mean, yeah for sure yeah, I'm the same way but you know I feel like we're as we evolve as individuals but also the community itself itself is evolving I think anywhere from three to five years ago we were all on this bandwagon of like pallet wood and rustic and all that stuff. But it feels now like we are, as a group, evolving beyond that trend, and and I'm I'm grateful for it. But I'll tell you what I do not want to evolve beyond is the desire and to keep it like green. You know what I mean? To keep it eco friendly and to keep it reclaimed. I don't want to. I don't want us to forget that. Like the reason I started yeah. making videos and and being loud was because I saw this maker movement kind of picking up and all these people getting excited about it. And I wanted to be like, whoa, 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 slow down! Don't go buying a sheet of plywood. Like every, you know, like, let's see if we can figure out a way to do it without buying something new and, and, uh, continuing because the, the plywood manufacturers will just keep cranking it out and we'll keep buying it and then it's gone. Maybe we can save it for when we need it and find other uses like hollow core doors to fill the void, you know, plywood has already been made. Right. And in th- an eighth of an inch at a time. Yeah. But Hey, yeah. you know what? You glue half a dozen of them together and you got three quarter inch plywood. I'm going to check the math on that, but. I tend, I tend to trust you. No, eight. Well, eight of them would be an inch. Right. So what'd you so, say? You know, that my math is correct. Six of them, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Look at this guy. I, I was just talking. I was right. Wow. Wow. Huh. I learned something. Da, 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 da. Trust your guts. <laughs> trust your guts. Um, iTunes review review. Did we, did we get any? We, let me see. Uh, we didn't get to them all. Last week, because ah. we had a nice... I don't see any new ones, though, this week. I guess because we said that we had a couple left in the can, everybody just felt that they didn't have to. Yeah, that must have been the global consensus. Yeah. Uh, let me see here what we got. All right, well, here's one. Okay, so I wrote... There was two that we didn't read. Um, and if 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 we're wrong, let us know. But uh, if you wrote one that, and you, know, you haven't heard it. Um, so... There's the Here's Your Five Star and Killer Podcast are the two that we did not read yet. So Killer Podcast is five stars, so we're reading it. It's by G. Willie. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, that, you know, 
Be polite. Well, I'm I'm being polite. I had All a right. giggle. I don't want to giggle. <laughs> Each week, these guys round up great making and reclaiming ideas. They won't poison your mind with meaningless fluff. Well, tonight um, maybe. Uh, they weed out the unnecessary topics and only bring the ones that keep them rooted, uh, them deeply in the making community. Their coverage of ethical dilemmas in reclaiming while making will make you concentrate on will make you concentrate on your own actions. The formula used for the podcast really works to knock the audience dead. Great job, guys! I really look forward to hearing you apply your knowledge each week. Wow, that was actually a really nice review. Yeah, I kept, re- I kept reading it, it, waiting for the for the. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I kept waiting for them to. I was like going slowly for the waiting for the stinger, you know. Right, you can't be like cringing, like ah, don't hit me, ah, don't hit me. And it never came. The whole thing was a compliment. What was the other one we didn't read? Uh, here's your five star. Oh, it's Gangy and Pop Pop. I guess they wrote her new one. <laughs> By ah. Pop Pop Gangy. Um, that was very one. kind of you. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thank you, G. Willie. All right. So yes. here's the here's the Pop Pop and Gangy uh, review here. Here's your five star. Though lacking in the decorum that would keep them from begging for reviews, these zany kids keep an old reclaimer chuckling. In actuality, the podcast is worth the five-star rating. It's an engaging hour that, as I've mentioned before, can keep you awake on a long drive or put you to sleep quickly after a tough day. <laughs> keep at it, men. Practice, as they say, makes perfect. Sincerely, Who says Pop-Up. that? I think it was Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said it in a little, little bit different way, but yeah. A little more eloquent than I said it. Very nice. Thanks again, guys. I feel like Gangy and Pop Pop, they're carrying some weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Not just from the holidays. We, um, you know, now that we're caught up on all these reviews, we need more of them. So, ladies, gentlemen, children of all sizes and ages, let's get to iTunes and let's leave some more five-star reviews. Please and thank you. Uh, What is next? Weekly Teep Sigmint. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, I'm not from New Zealand. What is the weekly tip segment uh, bringing us this week? I'm trying to think. What do I have here? What do I have here? I've got a, a little one I was just thinking about today. Go for it. Um, razor blades. Yeah. Are, I, I found myself using razor blades a lot lately instead of card scrapers and sandpaper. Um, hmm. Because uh, I've been doing well guitars again there's all these like tight corners and stuff and i find i can go in with a just a razor blade just a regular old square razor blade and scrape uh like finish you know the drips or maybe a glue drip or or even like kind of like burnishing you know Mm -hmm. um and so and then there's all the other things you use razor blades for of course you know which um you know and i just like found myself thinking wow like the razor blade is a underrated tool um, they do go dull quickly, um, but you know you can also you can kind of give them a, n- a new edge again sometimes if you're kind of ripping them. But more importantly, is you can change the shape of the edge just very quickly on a little belt sander. And if you want to create a custom tool to get into a certain area, a razor hmm. blade can very quickly be shaped into a tool to specifically fit a certain area to scrape, you know, and clean and whatnot and cut. That is a fantastic tip. I do find that I use razor blades. For what you said earlier was, uh, you know, getting rid of glue or semi-dry glue and all that stuff. It's great for getting in corners. And I do sometimes use it uh, almost as a mini card scraper. But you're right. 
they do dull quickly and you can shape them. I was thinking uh, I just put them in the recycling because they're just a little bit of metal and then I just pull out a new one. Yeah, I, I tend to do that as well. Um, I, I have like a whole bunch of half dead ones around and sometimes I'll grab, depending on what I'm doing, like if I need like a really sharp one, you know, I'll, I'll grab a new one. But I keep the half used ones around that have like a little bit of glue stuck on them and stuff for like just that yeah. quick little... I've been doing a lot, again, on the guitars is where I find myself using them so much because I'm doing so much detailed stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm doing, I do these inlays that I do with super glue, like dyed super glue, basically. And yeah. so I'll, I fill in the shape and then I take the razor blade and I scrape the excess off and then okay. I spray the, the activator on it and then my inlay is done and now I don't have a big pool I have to sand off. I just had that little uh. bit that got sort of dragged across the grain of the wood I have to sand off, which Smart. doesn't bother me at all because it actually just sort of sanded into the wood. And it becomes like like the epoxy trick. It sort of anything hardens it, you know. So right. You just have to stand it so it looks right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. That's a great tip. I love it. Okay. Um, cool. what um what grabbed your attention this week? Um. Oh, I don't know. Am I ready? Uh. Are we ever? Are we ever ready? Tim? Yeah. There was something I watched. I'm looking through my history here. There's something I watched that I wanted to mention, but I can't remember what it was now. Do you, do you know off the top of your head while I'm looking? Uh, what grabbed my attention this week? Mm. Um, there's this channel that, um, that, I, that I watch, um, and it's got some really good production value. It's called This Does Not Compute, and it's a lot of, um, uh, it's a lot of retro uh, computer hardware and electronics and stuff because I'm into that. And there's another guy called 8-Bit Guy, and he does that as well. Um, I'm also uh, Creator Nader. Oh, he's one of our Patreoners. Uh, mm-hmm. He re- he released a video this week, and uh, and I watched that, and I decided to embarrass him and mention it on the show. So that's what uh, that's what I'm watching. That's what grabbed my attention this week. Right on. Um, I had I'm just looking through my history. <laughs> I think that I just I'm starting to learn how to use YouTube as a consumer a little more, which okay. is good and which is good and bad because as I'm looking through my history, I'm seeing like a a half a dozen videos on guinea pigs <laughs> because I went down a rabbit hole of just watching guinea pigs doing silly things, you know? Okay. Uh, so there's some of that, and I'm like, but I'm like, that's kind of like a big part of YouTube. Then there's some like guitar guys I started watching, but um, so somehow through this, I found this this clip uh, on a channel called Les Paul Disciples. Les Paul and Mary Ford from like the 50s um, playing, you know, the, some of the original Les Paul guitars. Just killing it. Just just playing playing fantastic and 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 they're funny and they have like this bit together and the two of them just kill it and it's just awesome. like kind of it's kind of just cool like kind of remembering and like you know like oh yeah like you know you know we might think that we're way hot stuff but you know <laughs> there's been a lot of hot stuff out there before us you know it's humble 100 percent. yeah um uh, okay i mean that's that brings us to the end here so yeah. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Don't be shy with those questions either. Um, At Reclaimed Audio on Twitter. You can just hit us up there. On iTunes, like I said earlier, those five-star reviews go a long way to helping um, you know, get more listeners on the show, and ultimately, that's what sort of you know is, is the driver to keep this thing going. This this train that Tim and I are on. 
Um, there is a link on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, that will automatically launch your iTunes and allow you to leave a review. So that's super easy. And patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. Um, you can go right to that URL or you can go to our web- website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, and hit up the link to go to Patreon and, uh, and help support uh, these two guys who are just uh, doing their best to, you know, entertain you on a weekly basis. So with that being said, thank you for tuning in and, uh, and we'll look forward to hearing from you next week. Yeah, thank you very much. I feel like this is a really good episode. Maybe one of our best. <laughs> no question there. Just, you know what mm. it was? Was I think there was very little interrupting of each other. There was a mm. lot of genuine, um, polite conversation. You know, real and dialogue. Felt, yeah, yeah, a real, a real back and forth, if you will. Yeah, yeah. It was felt good. nice. Yeah, clean. Dude. Yeah. Okay, my friend. I'll speak to you later. All right. Be good.